I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's me, Ethan, your favorite lore boy. I need you to do me a favor, okay? I need you to imagine a universe where square worlds spin around gemstone suns, where planets lie cradled in the roots of an oak tree so vast its leaves twirl around brightly burning stars. Where ships of wood sail the void between worlds and battle each other with catapult and ballista, spell and sword. I need you to buckle up for the Spelljammer episode of the Lore Boys Podcast. Hi everybody, welcome to... The Lore Boys. It's Lore Boys. I'm Ethan. This is a podcast. You're Peter. I am. For also, the... upti- upside down Jamie, because he... I washed my hands before for good luck instead of my feet. Instead of his feet, which uh, for those uh, at home who don't know, our other uh, co-host who's currently in Poland likes to wash his feet before every cast. Yeah. Uh, some consider it a ritual. Some consider it just good hygiene. Uh, we're a podcast that talks... Technically, it qualifies as both. <laughs> well, does it though? Uh, yeah. When you I'm, think, when you think about it, though, really? Mm-hmm. When you really like when baseball players chew like a dangerously huge wad of gum. <laughs> that's a ritual. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, call them uh, jawbreakers. Uh, what? <laughs> when you when you wad so much gum and tobacco together that it breaks your jaw. Ew. Uh, okay. Believe it or not, we're a podcast that talks about uh, nerd stuff, not just chewing tobacco and dirty feet yeah. and our clean feet. Um. I'm your host, Ethan. Dirty feet and their transformations into clean feet. <laughs> uh, Peter, I already introduced you, but would you like to take it, uh, take a run at it yourself as well? Yes, I'm Peter O'Donohue, proud new parent of a PlayStation 4. Oh, yeah, that's true. You got and a PlayStation. A, and a proud new parent of some dank-ass alliteration, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got the... Uh, well, I'm the proud new... Uh, my name's Peter. I'm the proud new parent of a PlayStation 4. I got the PK Subban PlayStation 4 bundle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... You traded it in for a Horizon Pure Pond? Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm 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 glad that uh, PB Games GameStop still does the uh, the the old hustle of buy a bundle, take the bullshit out, and buy something you actually want because yeah. they traded uh, NHL 19 towards the purchase of the console. Oh really? Yep. Oh, that's not bad. And uh, EB Games trades are cool, uh, or GameStop trades as well. I'm, I used to work for the company. Uh, they um, go in before tax, so they take off the amount and then tax the remainder. Tax so the you remainder. actually do save quite a lot of money there. That's good. Good for you, uh, GameStop slash UB Games. You, yeah. You're doing, Thanks. doing God's work. And yeah, I've been playing... Uh, I, I, in the past three days, I've played about eight hours of Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. And then my controller died, and I just went back and played Warframe for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was on Steam... Razzing my balls. ...when Peter was playing, uh, right after Peter got his PlayStation, I should say. And then, like, uh, Peter's like, yeah, I got the PlayStation. And then, like, two hours later, he's like, playing Warframe. I'm like, oh, really, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna buy... You're going to buy the methadone, then you're just going to go back to heroin anyway. I'm like, not an right addict. Away. The controller died, okay? And the cord is too short to reach my couch, so I couldn't keep playing. I sat on the table. I sat on my coffee table for a while, but it was uncomfortable. So, I, like, mm. I tried. Fuck. Uh, Warframe is an MMO that Peter likes to play and yeah. is addicted to. 
Um, Hopelessly. So, Peter, what are we talking about today, though? Not a clue. Uh, I came into this uh, as a surprise. You wrote the script, and I have asked no questions thus far. At this point in the recording, Peter, my co-host, knows less about the episode than you, the listener, does, because it'll be titled after the actual (laughs) content of the the podcast. That's true. Um, So why don't you... Go on Twitter, at Pete O'Donohue, and tell me what the episode's about. Yeah, right now, before we start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Spelljammer. What? Spelljammer is a campaign setting for Dungeons & Dragons. Okay, I thought it would be a D&D episode. Yeah. Because it's, oh, it's a... It's re- my fallback. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reliable... Uh, a reliable old friend yeah that's it it's a, it's a gold mine for for just whatever lore anytime you just pull it out ethan heads back to the old watering hole i was gonna, gonna take, take another sip yeah. uh <laughs> just pulling up mud <laughs> yeah dungeon and dragons is my warframe um it is yeah i was gonna do a pathfinder episode and i figured uh because i play pathfinder uh although i'm maybe gonna be joining a 5e game pretty soon uh 5e being fifth edition dungeons and dragons yeah i have a character sheet pdf for that uh, cool. Um, what's your character? I've talked about this before. Oh, you're two doors in a trench coat. Yes. Okay. As a first-time character, a bold choice. Thank you. Um, I'm nothing yeah. if not bold. I was going to do Pathfinder, and then I figured, hey, we've already done three episodes on Dungeons & Dragons, so uh, whatever. Let's two just... and a half. Was it one, one was yeah, also about magic? It was, yeah, more like 2.1, really. The Ravnica. But, yeah. So Go back and listen to that. We did one on, do you remember what the first one was about? <laughs> that deep no. breath. Uh, it was about something called Carsus's Folly, which was uh, an event which led to the rewriting of the rules of magic because a uh, wizard named Carsus decided to usurp the god of magic and broke all magic for a second and caused floating cities to crash to the ground horrifically. I remember that. And his last moment of life was him freezing in place as uh, he was turned to stone. Cool. And that's why, canonically, in Dungeons & Dragons, you can't have higher than a ninth-level spell. Yeah, because the, I remember you telling me the higher-level spells are, like, world-ending, like, way too powerful to control, yeah, well, like, that's apocalypse it. magic, basically. There, there was... There was higher spells which could be created based on the, the rules of magic before Karsus's folly. Yeah. And then when Karsus did that and broke all magic for a split second and caused the deaths of millions, the god of magic quickly took over again and said, well, we're just going to fix it so this doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And uh, Can't believe I gave you my keys. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, a, like a shitty valet. Yeah. <laughs> Too stoned to park yeah. a Ferrari. <laughs> it just runs through a bunch of bikers. Yeah. That's it. Or a bunch of cyclists, that's rather. It. And now no more valets are allowed to drive Ferrari. Okay. They're only allowed to drive uh, Cadillacs. Because a level 9 spell is pretty, still pretty strong. That's pretty good. But it's not a Ferrari. All right. Yeah, we did that one. Uh, then we did... Uh, Probably you car lovers out there. Do, do you remember the Try second episode? Bridge the Gap. Uh, second Dungeons & Dragons episode we did? Mind Flayers. Mind Flayers. Illithids, uh, their origins, what their deal is, yep. how much food they need, what yeah. an elder brain is. Why they have buckets of goo that they damp their, for- that damp their brows with. Yeah, exactly. While drinking sweaty lemonade. <laughs> and eating fried chicken. Oh, no, inventing fried chicken. Inventing fried chicken. That's it. Or flayed chicken. Yeah. Uh, and if none of that we... made sense to you, please go back through our catalog. <laughs> <laughs> and then we did an episode on uh, Ravnica, which is Magic the Gathering, but there was a recent announcement for a, set- a D&D setting yeah. taking place in Ravnica, which is coming out next month. Oh, actually. good. I'm we might want to in... retweet that when <laughs> yeah. that comes out. Definitely. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the Ravnica expansion, but I'd be more excited about the uh, Waterdeep expansion, which is just another set of expansions coming out for cool. uh, Dungeons & Dragons. There was also recently uh, Eberron, uh, which we're not going to get into any of that today. We're I've heard talk- of Eberron before. There's a video game set in Eberron, isn't there? Is that in the For- Forgotten Realms? Uh, it's all the Forgotten Realms. So mm. Forgotten Realms is basically... Uh, is Eberron... Is D&D canon. Spelljammer's yeah. Forgotten Realms. Uh, Faerun's Forgotten Realms. Dritz Duerden's Forgotten Realms. Right, yeah. Uh, Eberron's Forgotten Realms. Greyhawk's Forgotten Realms. Dragonlance's Forgotten Realms. Uh, that's all forgot- Forgotten Realms kind of the umbrella term okay. for all canonical uh, Dungeons & Dragons oh. uh, expansions and settings. You know, I didn't think I could learn anything ever again on this podcast. <laughs> I'd be doing it, but I learned that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see if you retain it next time. Uh, hey, I retained boys. two of those three episodes. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, so we're talking about Spelljammer today, which is a Forgotten Realms canonical D&D setting. Spelljammers is a silly word. Uh, Spelljammer uh, originally came out for the second edition Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So it came out in the 90s uh, at, at some point. Oh, so that's why it has the radical name. Yeah. Nice. So we've, we've talked about, you know, uh, a wizard being so strong that he's able to take over the god of magic. What's stopping wizards in this world from going to space? Spelljammers. No. No? Spelljammers is enabling them to go to space. Oh, so, I thought they would jam something. No. Jam so, the magical signal. So spelljamming uh, is a term used for when a wizard is literally an engine for a spacefaring ship. Cool. So spelljammers, uh, a setting in, in Dungeons & Dragons where there's you there's people going to space, there's people hopping between uh, worlds in space and going to the, uh, different different. Uh, not plane, sorry, but just different worlds uh, within the mostly within the material plane. Okay. Uh, we did talk briefly about what the material plane was. I think on the first episode we talked about the material plane on on definitely the first episode because we also talked about like a bunch of gods that gone to a bunch of fights in 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 the primordial space. Yeah, as well. Well, that was that was the creation of the universe, yeah. which was uh, Ow or uh, Steve Aoki. That's it. Yes, it was the uh, the joke in that one was Steve Aoki created the universe. Steve, Steve Aoki created the universe. That's so, it. Steve Aoki creating the universe with his two daughters, Selun and Shar. Right. Uh, the two sisters, through eternal conflict, created all the worlds and the space between. Yeah. The ships these wizards create are basically like fantasy ships because the technology hasn't evolved to the point where it's like we have, you know, turbo, uh, we have uh, warp, warp drives and like, you know, we don't have like thrusters or helicopter propellers or whatever. No, no hyperpulse generators. No. So, so it's, uh, it's literally just like, like boats and ships and, and these are just powered by magic uh, in order to, to leave the atmosphere. Because when you think about like flight in Dungeons and Dragons, it's not like you need thrust and you don't need thrust and lift uh, versus, fucking versus, magic. versus drag yeah it's literally just like you can cast a spell with that something levitates which just defies gravity i suppose yeah so uh, uh i suppose it's magic ethan it's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an actual magic spell cast by yeah. a wizard exactly exactly <laughs> so it does it would make sense that like why wouldn't they just be able to go to space? you don't need like a minimum speed if they can fly why can't they just keep flying high enough and keep like an oxygen bubble around the boat that that they end up there so that's really fucking cool there's like treasure planet yeah there's some different so when they make these ships they build them so that no matter where you are on the ship it's like if you let's think about it like a pirate boat so you have like the deck then you have like the hull uh and let's say you have mass yeah uh if you're standing on the deck on on a pirate ship in the sea you're good right but if you go to the side, you're going to fall in the water. Right. Uh, the way these ships work uh, in space is... Are they like tubes? They ba- they basically have their own gravity. Okay. A- like any, any, any object in uh, wild space, as it's called, has its own gravity. So if you just 
walk over the side of a of a ship of a spelljammer ship, you'll just walk onto the hull and you can walk all the way down the bottom. And you're basically like it's like you always have magnetic boots. So are they shaped like tubes? Uh, no, they're shaped like pirate ships. Okay, so it's not shaped like it's not Super Mario Galaxy logic. No, where you no, no. stand on a tiny sphere. No. Also, <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy is fucking great. Fanta- fantastic, it's so fucking good. My favorite Mario game. Really? Yeah. Definitely. Ooh, definitely. man. Uh, you know what? S- somebody at this point. Thank you, everybody, for all the downloads. At, at this point, saying something like that, somebody might come out of left field at you for that one. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I think Fuck them. It, <laughs> it's pretty universally regarded as one of the best Super Mario games, Yeah, I would say. And it's because I never had Super Mario 64. For a quick tangent, I never had Super Mario 64. Oh. So, like, I played it as an adult, and it is really good. Yeah. But I would say Super Mario Galaxy, then Super Mario Sunshine, and then Super Mario 64. Everybody loves Sunshine as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just great games. Mario games are great. I haven't played Odyssey. I would love to, but... Um, Maybe one day. Maybe yeah. you'll buy yourself a Nintendo Switch. So it's basically just like they set up uh, planes of gravity, as it's called. Okay. So uh, so you can walk on the outside of the boat, and since it's not in the water, walk. it doesn't matter. You can just walk around the outside whole thing. the boat. You can walk up the mast. You can walk. You know, if you have like a balloon at the top of the mast, you can walk all the way around that balloon, and it's fine. Okay. Uh, it's basically just how are the balloons decorative if the magic makes them fly. <laughs> you can you can it's like in bioshock infinite yeah <laughs> where that the all the buildings are actually held up with quantum particles yeah. and the, the blimps are from the concept art i yeah. guess before they put it on the dumb quantum shit exactly yeah i guess maybe if you re when you re-enter an atmosphere it would be useful mm. so, so you, you can give your wizards a break like take a load off boys the balloons got it from here okay yeah you know uh, yeah. or maybe they get you the balloons get you close so you don't have to fly all the way up through the atmosphere, you just have to fly like the last little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Whatever. Well, yeah, no, I. It, it, I mean, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> the engines were made in a variety of ways. You can uh, clock out now, boys. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it shifts over. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Morning, I'm, Sam. I'm exhausted from lifting a ship all day. Morning, uh, Sam. Morning, it's actually, Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually just described as like uh, the ships were kind of an extension of themselves, so kind of like a Gundam. Or like a, a Pacific Rim, the uh, the kaiju's or uh, no, it or, or they is Jaegers. They fought kaiju's and yes. they're Jaegers. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, so it's Mick. It's the Mick Jaggers. Yeah, <laughs> all the members of the Rolling Stones were giant, giant were robots. Giant, yeah, giant fight. Uh, Eighty-year-old men dating twenty-seven-year-olds. Nice or whatever it is. That's legal. <laughs> Does make it better. Yeah, so the engines could be made in a variety of ways. Sometimes they would just have these forges set up, and they would just throw magic items in them, and literally just burn the magic items and use like the runoff magic energy to power their spell jammers. Sometimes, like I said, it would be two wizards or one wizard at the back of the ship just powering it. Sometimes it would be uh, the dwarven gods. The dwarven gods is a concept that I'd like to get into for uh, a Dungeons & Dragons episode of The Lore Boys, because all dwarven machinery is basically just like they're channeling like power or electricity directly from their gods cool so like they could power spell jammer ships too yeah the, a variety a variety of ways to make it work as long as you have like magic energy you can basically make make a spell jammer which cool. is what what the ships are called they're called spell jammers yeah. uh, the process of a of uh using magical energy to lift the ship and exit the atmosphere is spell jamming okay so yeah the uh it's like a Big, just scoop a bunch of magic eight balls into the into an oven. Just yeah, like, shovel out more eight balls. Yeah, more magic eight balls. <laughs> we need more magic eight balls back here. Um, okay, covered in soot with like yeah. the goggle, the goggle <laughs> outlines of like from there, just like shoveling eight balls yeah, into yeah, a furnace. <laughs> I am always, I talk entirely in concept art. 
Yeah, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> you may you may never see that. Yeah, it's a it's a horrible affliction for Peter. Where yeah, his his whole life is concept is one big concept art. Everything I do is concept art. It's, <laughs> it's a potential doodle on yeah. the on a, on a napkin in a bar at <laughs> four in the afternoon. Exactly. So yeah, we have Steve Aoki or Ao, Ao however you pronounce his name, yep. Ao, uh, who created the universe with his daughter. How do we daughter. end up with Steve Aoki? Uh, it's spelt A O. Yeah. So I think we just went from it's AO like to, to do, AOP. <laughs> we, have to, we, have to do, we have to do research on our own episodes to understand yeah. what the fuck we're talking about. Exactly. Welcome to the Homework Podcast. <laughs> yeah. And his, his, him and his daughters created the universe. He created what was based, what is called phlogiston, which I'll, I'll get into later in this episode. Uh, I've heard of that term. It's like rainbow soup that was just like, the entire universe was just one big thing of rainbow soup. Cool. Uh, and then he had his two daughters, and they... Uh, Saloon was order and Shar was chaos. Yeah, and they so they always fought, and in their fighting, they created these uh, basically like crystals where order could live in that sea of chaos. Okay, so in that in the space between all those worlds in that phlogiston, there's three uh, main bodies. Is that a pH? Yeah. Okay, that's why I've heard of it. In yeah. Team Fortress 2, to take it back okay. to our second episode. Our first episode that you can find online. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Zelda episode is lost to time, yeah. but it's on YouTube. I think it's on YouTube. It yeah. is on. YouTube. Might still be on SoundCloud even. We had a SoundCloud? We did have a SoundCloud at some point. It's not important, but... Yeah. Team Fortress. Yeah. How, how did I manage to learn two things in this episode? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, the Team Fortress episode, there is an unlockable cancer weapon uh, for the pyro called the Phlogistonator, which, okay, yeah. which hurls phlogiston at your enemies to atomize them. Yeah, phlogiston is, is a, uh, an actual term from the 18th century. 18th century chemists thought that all combustible bodies had this thing in it, and it was like the essence of combustion was phlogiston. If something can burn, it must have phlogiston in it because it, it was phlog- what the sixth humor. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's it's like basically like it's it's heat and fuel and oxygen all together. Yeah, and it's like oh, so anything that burns, you know, has phlogiston. What the hell is that? Excuse my computer. Uh, it had a burp. Uh, so in that phlogiston, we have uh, three main bodies known as the radiant triangle uh, in relatively fixed relation to one another. Okay. Gray space, uh, where the Greyhawk campaign setting takes place. We have Kirin space, uh, where the Dragonlance campaign setting takes place. And we have realm space, which is where the Forgotten Realms campaigns take place. Which is what we're talking about. Or where we're currently set. Yeah, that's where we're going to start. We're going to start. Where are we touring, in, Ethan? We're going to start in Forgotten Realms because that's what we know. What we know the best. He says, yeah. horizontally placing his hand over his brow <laughs> to shield his eyes from the sun, from as, the, from like the, an explorer. That bright phlogiston. Yeah. Uh, that rainbow chaos leans cartoonishly forward. <laughs> pokes myself in the eye with my um, periscope. What was that? I said, pokes myself in the eye with that periscope. Yep. So it's not no exactly known when the people of Toril, which is the uh, world. Uh, where uh, we talked about Karsus's Empire, where most most campaigns take place. It's the main world, Abir Toril, or Toril, uh, as it later became known, because it has a sister planet, which would, they were once the same planet, Abir Toril. Cool. And they split into two planets. We briefly spoke about this on the first episode. Yeah, that sounds familiar, but it, again, th- that first D&D episode was like the second to last episode of season one, so that's yeah. almost an entire year ago. It was, a, it, it was ago. a year ago, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, Lore boys are old, man. Exactly, and older. I didn't. I didn't tell you what this episode was about, so you, you never had a chance. Peter. Older than the rocks. Uh, so it's not exactly known when the people of Toril began traveling into outer space or into the wild space, as it was known, which I think I dropped earlier. Is it just like frontier space with a bunch of like floating picket fences and cowboys? <laughs> yeah, that's it's like, it. howdy, stranger. Howdy, stranger. It sure is wild out here. Yeah. Uh, We're all drifters here. He says, floating through the bar. <laughs> 
though it's dated back at least as far as the Netheril Empire, which was Karsus's empire. Okay, yeah, I remember uh, that. Which we spoke about in our episode on Karsus's folly. The Cormanthier civilization of elves began their expansion into wild space in what they saw as a way of countering... I've heard of that. The Cormanthier? Cormanthier, yeah. Or Cormanthier. Uh, maybe. I believe you. I don't think we've... I, I've never spoken about it on a d I think episodes. I may have encountered that somewhere on the internet you by heard, accident. You it somewhere else, yeah. I don't Google uh, things about D&D. I'm cool, guys. The, yeah. <laughs> the Cormanthier uh, elves, it was like, at the time, it was like the biggest civilization of elves. Okay. Uh, it does eventually fall, but not for like a long, long time. And it's been around for a long, long time. At this point in history, uh, much of the earth is is run by elves, and humans kind of have like a small pocket or a couple small pockets where they're allowed to live by the elves. So when the elves first went to went to space, they saw it as a way of countering the Netherese expansion into space. They were like, "Oh, we're gonna stop the humans from going to space because those guys fucking suck and they ruin everything." Okay. Though, this is Soviets versus JFK. Exactly. Though the humans had, had already been in space for like 500 to 1500 years. Okay. At this point. So they've just been there for like a long ass time. <laughs> and we know, we know this because the epic 11th level spell, uh, which we could have back then, Proctiv's Breach Crystal Sphere and Seal Crystal Sphere were created like 1500 years before the first elf expedition into space. Okay. So uh, so did the humans already have like a moon base where they just sent an email to like <laughs> elves challenge us to a space race and yeah. the, like four days later yeah. and it's just it just says scene yeah, yeah. and then then finally it's just like okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think we I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll get our fastest ship. No not that kind of race. <laughs> so yeah Proctiv's Breach Crystal Sphere and Seal Crystal Sphere are 11th level spells and and Remember how I said uh, Saloon and Shar were like fighting in the primordial chaos, and uh, they created like these these pockets of of order. Yes. So those pockets of order are uh, crystal spheres, which I'll get into in a second. But this is basically a way to open a crystal sphere or seal an opening in a crystal sphere. Okay. Uh, high magic ritual was performed by elven high mages with the blessing of then ruler Mirfis Irithil in the construction of elven crystalline and monarch spelljammer ships. So the monarch spelljammer ships are like giant butterflies. Cool. And the uh, the crystalline ones are just like giant crystals that basically like float up into space. Cool. Important, so, important to note, elves were pretty full of themselves and didn't really have true peace with humans. Humans were forbidden from settling much of the world. So they were basically like, yeah, dude, you can't, you can't live in forests anywhere. You better not fuck with forests, dude, because we'll fuck you up. And ninety like percent of the world at the time was covered in forests. If you know anything about elves, is we loves us some trees. Yeah, that's it. If you know anything about humans, it's they're gonna cut down the forest no matter what you yeah. say. And, yeah, no exactly. Ma- no matter how beautiful and long long lived the protester is, chained to the tree, we'll still <laughs> cu- find a way to cut it down. Chained to a tree for five thousand years. Yeah. Maces him once, just like ah, <laughs> I hate this. Construction man just like macing an elf in the face. Yeah, that's it. He's got space mace. He got from space. So space mace would, would that just like be like a laser beam which just like cuts the top of his head off like <laughs> and the tree at the same time yeah, exactly. just, like, just like a beam of light <laughs> thin as a piece of paper just like <laughs> head just slides off uh, the whole the whole kit and caboodle uh i got it at target space target space target space target yeah so that, that would be until one dr which so there's like a bunch of different calendars in Dungeons and Dragons, obviously. We have enough. We have enough calendars in real life. In real life, all of them are incomprehensibly fast. <laughs> Some have made more progress than others. Some have made more. I'm talking to you, Hebrew calendar. Exactly. F- year five thousand. What? What, would, what were you doing for three thousand years, guys? Yeah. <laughs> we weren't even around back then. I don't think. Nope. So humans were forbidden from settling the world until one dr, 
Uh, this is just like a random tidbit of information, which I thought was interesting. Like the, the start of the most common calendar, DR, or Dale Reckoning, actually marks when elves like signed a treaty with humans and were like, yeah, you guys can probably settle in a bit. You guys can cut down some trees. Okay, it's cool. It's fine. It's cool. You can we- make enough. That's it. For two log cabins. <laughs> That's it. You know, we came, to, uh, we came to one of your cities and we went to this place called Starbucks and... If you guys cut down some trees, we like you, it. Will you build more of those? Because we really like those. Like a log Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the Netherese like made a little birch bark name tag. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> uh, welcome to Starbucks. What can I get you? Uh, El Frappuccino. Uh, so it was the El Frappuccino. El Frappuccino. <laughs> How would you spell somebody that, like like a a a O's name? A U or A O or whatever? A O. Yeah. How would you spell that wrong? On their oh, yeah, O A, O A, A O E. Always get my name wrong yeah. when I come here. E O U G H. Oh, that's just oof. Uh, uh, I got a I got a large Alfacino for. Oh uh, yeah, that's me. It's A O. Oh yeah. Do you mean A O? I see that. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, A O. Uh, so it was the Netherese mage Oberon who founded Netheril's Spelljammer industry. Oberon of Midsummer Night's Dream fame. Uh, yeah, the same one, King did, of the Fae. Did you know he was known as Father of the Realm Space? Father of Realm Space. I didn't. Uh, by his followers. I do know so, that now. So he, yeah, he basically set up like industry in space. He was like, "We're gonna send so many ships to space. We're all gonna get rich because there's gonna be stuff out there for us to get rich off of." I don't know if we've talked about this before. I got a buddy of mine. Who might be on the show one day? I don't know. We'll discuss that. We'll see. We're pretty. We 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 got a pretty tight leash on our guests. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, um, we got a, an exclusive list right now. Yeah, and then um, yeah. So a buddy of mine one one time, like I was hanging with him and his girlfriend at like a Tim Hortons, and he was just like, "Why don't we fucking just go out and mine the asteroid belt? It was so much money." And then we were like. Dude, that'll take. It'll take us. It takes seven months to get to Mars. Yeah. <laughs> you want to spend all that money to go there, and then bring it back? It would take like five years. Also, like the ast- no one would invest in that. The asteroid belt is like, it's like an average of like one asteroid every like ten thousand miles. Yeah, or something of course. Like that. It, like, yeah, it's, it's not like it's not like you see in the movies where it's like you got to dodge all these asteroids. Space is very empty. <laughs> I saw. I saw the fucking. You know exactly. It's like I saw that episode of the Magic School Bus. Yeah. And they pass by the asteroid belt, and all of a sudden I'm making financial investments, <laughs> and just like yeah, that's it. Look at all that iron out there. But we, we could use that on Earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like space is real big, so a trillion asteroids. Yeah. Like you could spread that pretty thin. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I remember talking to him about like industry in space, which is just going back to what you were saying, and like both me and his girlfriend were just like, dude, that's literally impossible. <laughs> and he got so fucking mad at us. <laughs> so, like genuinely mad. I mean it's not literal. It's very practically impossible, right? Like well, you could in go our, to the it, asteroid belt, you could in theory land something on an asteroid. Set up a big take net. off again. Yeah, just catch an asteroid, <laughs> bring it back to Earth. It's, it's like, like no, it's, it's like, like a school of tuna, that's it. where you like drag it up and you're just like dolphin free asteroids. <laughs> but then you bring you bring an asteroid back to Earth. It's like in Fallout Four when your dog runs off to go get something and it like sets off a mine and just blows you up. Yeah, you know? exactly. You you send the dog, it brings back a live nuke, and you're just like, well, I guess that blows me up. Yep, that's the end of that. Yeah, so he's like, oh, we're going to set up... Uh, he's the Henry T. Ford of his time. He's like, we're going to set up industry in space, blah, blah, blah. While his ventures... Forceless into- space boats. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that 
there's a lot of risk associated with going to space. There's a lot of cost associated with going to space. Just like real life. That's it. And it's like they get to these other planets. And they're like, wow, they have crazy magical artifacts of intense power. And it's like, damn, we have these on our, on our planet too. What you know? are the threats of going to space? Is it the risk of having your entire ship destroyed by a diamond-hard, micron-thick <laughs> particle that just punches through everyone you love? It's more like there's crazy weird octopuses in the the... The phlogiston, and you know that's much more dangerous. Yeah, much more like monsters. Uh, I, I forgot to mention when you uh, when a ship leaves the atmosphere, it basically just retains a bubble of uh, of air, and that's, that's how they live. Any any being that goes that leaves the atmosphere of a planet will just retain this bubble of air to speak. So if you if you just fly yourself out, your body will get a bubble of air, which would last about twenty minutes, I think it is in game. So okay. there's like entire rules for like how long you can last in game. Okay, which is only ever useful in my opinion if you're like trying to build drama around something like oh shit like things are going wrong oh also you're almost out of air now you know okay like as opposed to like actually calculating the amount of air that you'll need for each trip and like where you need to stop to refuel okay yeah because that's in my opinion very boring <laughs> so Oberon, while he uh, while there's his... enough spreadsheets in D and D already, you don't need yeah, like an oxygen exactly. one. So and, and some people like that stuff, and if you like that stuff, that's that's yours and that's cool. Power own it. You. But for me, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm narrative focused. Which is why I like Five E more than Fourth Edition. Um, A lot of people hated Fourth Ed though. Was oh, that the one with the figurines? That, I mean, you could play any of them with figurines. It was the one that was it was much more built around the miniatures. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So Oberon. While his ventures to space weren't weren't successful in procuring riches, he did invent spells like Banishment, Blink, Dimension Door, Telekinesis, and Teleport, among cool. others. All of those are, for anyone who's played D&D, like, you've heard of those spells before. They're, they're yeah. very big. Blink is like you step into another dimension and step out uh, at, like, another place. Same thing with Dimension Door and Telekinesis is, you know, lift stuff up. And all of these came from needing to find ways to leave those uh, crystal spheres that I mentioned earlier. So... Oh. Every world or star system or even moons, anything that was just in the phlogiston would basically have a crystal sphere around it. Otherwise, it would just be broken down by the phlogiston. Presumably, yeah, I was going to say, it would like, presumably be broken down by the soup full of space octopi. Exactly. Um, the, the chaos soup. The crystal spheres themselves are crystalline, unbreakable prisms, which separates a body's wild space with the phlogiston. Okay. So they, they represent... If, if the phlogiston is chaos soup and it represents chaos, these crystal spheres represent order and in the utmost. So, like, they are wicked strong, like, cannot be broken, just, like, these these bastions of order uh, within the, the chaos of the universe. Yeah. Uh, no known way to break a crystal sphere. Uh, so they must be traversed by other means, uh, like dimension doors or uh, teleports. Or, or blink. Things like that. Or... If because spell jamming was occurring before Karsus's folly, uh, you could have things like the eleventh level spell Proctives breach crystal sphere and seal crystal sphere. Oh right, yeah. So you could open and close the door basically on the way out. Yeah, only with an eleventh level spell. So it's eleventh level carpentry. So a presumed, presumably, presumably, yes, presumably, um, the breach crystal sphere would open the phlogiston to the world. So I don't know if you could like drown a world in phlogiston or what, but. I don't know. You can install a screen door on your space submarine. Yeah, what that's exactly. Basically. 
no, 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 no. Don't open that hatch. <laughs> Why? The screen's closed. It's full of goo. Yeah. <laughs> the screen's closed. <laughs> no space bugs can get in. The screen is closed. I think that's, that, again, uh, I guess this is my second <laughs> Simpsons reference. Where it's like they're watching a sci-fi movie from the 50s or whatever. Yeah. Where the door like on their spaceship blows open. And it's like, oh no, space air is getting in. <laughs> Everyone put on your goggles. And like people put on goggles. And everybody's just like... <gasps> <laughs> and there's like one guy starts smoking. Yeah. <laughs> it is the fifties. Have you seen the original War of the Worlds? Not the original from no. the fifties. No, like the first scene where guy meets girl. Like he he gets out of his car. I think lead doctor gets out of his car and starts smoking, and then like lead lady second doctor gets out and she just like comes out and starts talking to him and starts smoking immediately as well. But he like lights her cigarette for <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, of course. It's so fifties. Yeah. yeah. So, Spelljammers are often referred to as hopping the spheres because they're hopping between those crystal spheres. Because actual travel through realm space uh, would usually be with another crystal as the destination. Usually, you're not just like, I'm just going to travel into the fucking chaos of the universe without a plan. You know, usually you're like, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, to the Greyhawk setting or I'm going to the Dragonland setting or, or whatever. So, the Phlogiston, like I'd said, is a rainbow colored chaotic liquid filled with bizarre creatures who would prey on passing Spelljammers. So, is it translucent in any way or does it just look like does it look like the shimmer from uh, annihilation where it's like kind of this rainbow filter like oil in water i I haven't seen annihilation okay i read the book it's not see-through at all it's very opaque um so the animals in it navigate how then um okay well they're chaos monsters never mind scent or i don't know uh they have feelers i don't know Hey, the space shark can smell a drop of blood from a thousand light years exactly. away. Exactly. In the in the phlogiston. Yeah. Maybe they can smell the magic that powers the spelljammers. I don't know. Do they have space shark week? Uh, yeah, obviously. To make us all afraid <laughs> to go in the water again. But yeah. they, they lower a guy into like an open cage into a vat of phlogiston, and he's just devoured by space monsters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so phlogiston also has a flow to it. It the density of it is changing, so it's not like smooth sailing through you're kind of like getting bounced and and rocked around okay there's space turbulence yeah i like to think of it as like a way to conceptualize like hyperspace travel okay so it's like you know like when you watch star wars hyperspace travel is like you know you just see like the 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 stars become lines and it's all like white and blurry or whatever yeah you can't really see where you're getting so like you're not traveling at at near light speed in dungeon and dragons on a ship powered by a wizard Instead, you're traveling through this medium with much closer destinations, but it's like similarly, you're stuck in this this place where you can't you can't can't get inside. You can't just leave hyperspace too quickly, you know. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen movies before. Maybe you end up. You gotta learn how to parallel park your wizard ship. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> just fuck you up. I'm sorry. I trailed off there for a second because I was just thinking like a ship powered by a wizard, and I was going back to my original thing where I was talking about like. Uh, like the old guy who's like the old guy who would shovel coal into the into the turbines of the yeah. Titanic, basically, just like just like soaked almost black with coal. Yeah. But like instead of shoveling coal, he's like trying to fit a wizard into a tiny yeah, furnace. Yeah. <laughs> Got like a wizard. There's like or not even just like a broom. Not even like, <laughs> not even like a wizard, but like a modern day magician. <laughs> just like got the stupid top hat, like the stupid curly mustache. mustache. Just like, he's got like a deck of cards and like a flower popping out of his wand. He's like getting shoved into the furnace. <laughs> oh, that oh, might boy. be it. If you've come this far on your lore boys <laughs> meme quest to find out what the art might be, that's pretty close. I mean, it might it might be the ma- modern magician being stuffed into a furnace. Exactly. Yeah. So that that rainbow liquid has a flow to it. It changes de- density rapidly, and the flow goes one direction only. Okay. So. 
the crystals all float within the phlogiston, like move around. Do they get the, to choose the where they go if it's only got one flow? Uh, so the the actual crystals themselves will move within the flow. Okay. But the flow only going one direction is relevant because the radiant triangle, which I mentioned earlier, yes. those three like main realms, they stay kind of relatively fixed to one another okay. as they move through the flow. Um, so do they, they change with the phlogistonal currents, I guess? Like if it ha- if the triangle has to rotate at some point because the flow has changed, they stay relative to each other. To each other. But if the flow changes, it will adjust appropriately, I suppose. Yeah, like the, it, consider it just like a triangle that's fixed, yeah. and it's floating down a river. It might spin whichever way. The river always flows one direction. Yeah, but the points are all... The points are going to spin around. They're all and, and, connected to the same point. And do whatever, and they're they're fixed to that on that triangle. Okay. So Green point, red point, blue point. Exactly. So, so with the flow of phlogiston, it's possible to go from gray space to uh, Kieran space, or from Kieran space to realm space. But it's not necessarily possible to go from realm space to Kieran space. So you have to go around the entire thing if you want to go home. Yeah, it's rock paper scissors. Right. So if you wanted to get to if you wanted to get to Kieran space, you would go to gray space from from realm space and then go to Kieran space. Right. Phlogiston does not re- resemble any other known substances. If it's brought inside a sphere, it quickly dissipates. So we have not managed to use magic to invent more rainbow space goo. No rainbow space goo. Mm. Uh, if there ever was a way, it instantly dissipates pretty much, and it's just like, oh, all my space goo's gone. Just like an expedition. It's just, they, they, they come back from round the horn of Africa yeah. with nothing but empty jars. And they're just like, we had so much space goo. So much space goo, yeah. Um, Our bounty. We were laid low with Phlogiston. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, now that we've gotten back to the Crystal Sphere, these horses sure do find it easier to drag this wagon. <laughs> I wonder why. You think we should check on it? Nah. Nah. Uh, I'm ruined. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like it's like a wizard invented it. But it was like Play-Doh, and he left the lid off, and it just got all hard, and can't use it anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, heard, basically... I heard Plato, like the philosopher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, Play-Doh, like, yeah, when you when you get back, and, and it's like, you're just like, I want to make a model dinosaur, but you left the cap off, and, exactly, yeah. and now you've all you've got is a little bright green piece of Arizona dirt. Exactly. <laughs> a yeah. nice br- bright green brick. Except, even if you put the cap on Phlogiston, it still gets hard. Oh. It's also extremely like flammable. Friday night. Extremely hard. And bright green. Oh, yeah. Hey, ladies. Hey. Phlogiston is also extremely fl- uh, flammable. I should hope so. So if Phlogiston should find the tiniest spark, magical or otherwise, it would result in a violent explosion, which would tear apart a spell jammer and ignite the surrounding area. No carpets. <laughs> yeah, no car, no static. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're going to walk across the carpet, make sure to touch the hole, the steel hole the whole time. Yeah. Um, or everybody's wearing one of those, like... Um, like grounding bracelets that you do when you that, that you have like when you build a computer, yeah, the little yeah. Velcro thing with the spring and the clip on it. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like the, all the ships are just wrapped in like that that anti-static foil that you, when you order like a chip or something. Oh yeah, you, it comes in like a little bag specifically designed for that. Just a big pile of dryer sheets. Yeah. <laughs> no lint, no carpets. No lint, no carpets. And we all smell like mountain breeze. <laughs> yeah, for breeze is fine. So, like I said earlier, Phlogiston is not see-through, so it's almost impossible to see your destination when you're traveling through it. Cool. You basically fly up to this crystal, you point yourself, you say, like, I'm pretty sure that's where we're headed. How they would know, I don't know. Maybe they have Jack Sparrow's magic compass? Or standard magic? They're using magic to fly a ship. (laughs) It's not like a leap of logic if they just, like, understand directions at this point. Uh, Via magic. So it's impossible to see your destination when traveling through it. So when a spell jammer uh, gets close enough... To, the, to their destination, they can start to make it out. So I guess it's not uh, opaque, it's... Uh, cloudy. 
Yeah, it's not transparent. It's translucent. Right. Okay. So, yeah. uh, when there's enough of it, you can't see through it. But as you get closer, you can kind of see it. You can see the crystal spheres, though the crystal spheres always appear as perfectly flat walls with no apparent curvature. Okay. From the outside, but from the inside, they look like spheres. Right. So I guess um, similar to our own flat Earth, that to some fools appears as appears though it would a sphere. Yes. <laughs> Those in the inner circle. Um, <laughs> uh, at least they'd have you believe that it's round. Now, uh, so I guess it's it's kind of like traveling through dimensions, but not not planes because we have canon planes in D anD D, like the Material Plane and the Feywild and Shadowfell. Yeah. But I guess you're traveling through dimensions because when you're inside, it looks you know round, and then you go through the second dimension, you like you warp warp hole or wormhole through it. And that's how you travel through space. Okay. And so I guess this is kind of like that lesser dimension. So maybe those beings uh, just ha- can see through it. They have the perception because they are two-dimensional beings that are used yeah. to this. You know, they have sight of the phlogiston or some exactly, spell yeah. name. Oh, not even like not even like a spell. It's like Flatland. You know, where it's where a two D circle can perceive things differently than yeah. a three D person. Um, good book, by the way, for anyone out there looking for a good book about math and dimensions. Flatland. Flatland. Written in the 20s or 30s, and it's phenomenal. Um, I've always wanted to watch Metropolis, speaking of shit from the 20s. It's a sci-fi from, like, 1929 or something. Does it have to do with dimensions? Nope. Is it relevant at all? To the 20s. (laughs) Which you just mentioned. I did mention the 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did mention the 20s. Hey, Uh, relevant to the 20s, don't at me. (laughs) Unless you're actually from 1920. Yeah. And thus you're relevant. Uh, if you're not from 1920, you are irrelevant to me, to Peter and I. Yeah. On this episode of the Lore Boys. Lore Boys podcast. We hate the 20s. No, we love the 20s. Do we like the we 20s? We hate everyone, everything but the 20s. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Chaplin. Especially the 30s. Uh, Fatty Arbuckle. Uh, uh, Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. I have no idea if any of those people did movies in the 20s. Flappers. They might have been earlier. Yeah, Flappers was definitely the, it was the, the Charleston. the roaring 20s. The Charleston was definitely the 20s. Yeah. Flappers was definitely 20s. Great no depression. headbands, just beads to wear around exactly. your sexy haircut. With a feather in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and one big piece of coral in front. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a gem. Yeah. So while traveling through the Flodgeston, trying to get to other planets of the Spelljammer universe... All access to other planes is blocked. So those teleport spells that could get you just out or in only work like right on the edge of the crystal spheres, basically. Okay. Uh, well, there's still gravity or whatever the yeah, magic, gravity magic gravity equivalent yeah. is. Okay, yeah. That's uh, so so spells like Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion, which uh, D&D players will recognize. What did you just say? Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion. It's a spell in Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. It's basically like you have a little uh, carved door idol. And you uh, cast this. Oh, is it like a cartoon hole in Bugs Bunny? Can you put it on the wall and then there's a door there? There's a door there, but it always leads to the same place, which is like a mansion filled with uh, food and like up to 100 spectral servants that can satisfy like, you know, whatever whatever you need. Any need. need, If you need like training dummies. If you need the sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which is a very common thing with with D&D players is they have the sex. You see, I feel like that's the least true thing you've told me thus far in this <laughs> sci-fi realm of flying ships through rainbow. Group. Well, they have they have role play sex. Uh, there we go. I've had sex with more orcs than you have, Peter. With more orcs? Yeah. All right, I'll take that out. <laughs> I'll take that out. I feel like point. I could confidently say that that I have had sex with more orcs than you. Sure. Real or imagined? Um, Real. <laughs> 
So yeah, those spells just don't work in the Phlogiston. Okay. Like the blink spell doesn't work in the Phlogiston. Anything that has to do with other planes basically doesn't work in the Phlogiston. Yeah. So. Chaos is too great. Bringing it back to our boy Oberon. While being the father of realm space uh, and inventing these incredibly useful spells are no small accomplishment. Oberon also served to repair damage relations with the other races of the wild space after most of the Netherese Arcanists had given up on spell jamming towards the end of Oberon's life. So he's like an emissary and or ambassador. So if we're just looking at a really small window of Spelljammer right now, Oberon in the Netherese Empire, uh, 600 years before Karsus was even born. Okay. It becomes the father, the modern day father of, of spell jamming. There had been other spell jammers who had gone to space. We knew we could do it. Nobody ever really thought, hey, maybe there's stuff out there that's worth stuff until, you know, 1200 years later, Oberon comes around. And he says, hey, maybe there's stuff out there that's worth stuff. So he tries it, finds out, no, there's not really much stuff worth anything out there. And all the other arcanists at the time who were like, he was like, you know, the, ty- the tycoon who was like, I'm going out there for gold. And everybody else was like, oh shit, gold rush, let's go. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, every, <laughs> like everybody hopped on board and, you know, there was like, a, there was a thriving uh, spaceport in, in ne- Netheril uh, along with like a couple other spaceports across the world. But they they all get there and everybody else was like, fucking, oh, fucking Oberon lied to us, dude. There's no fucking gold out here. Just a bunch of painted rocks. That's it. I've been panning this fucking rainbow soup for fucking weeks. <laughs> I haven't found anything yet. Not not one nug. <laughs> I did find a horrific squid monster that tore my ship apart. And I also... <laughs> uh, in the pan? Yeah. I also found a, a rock, which every time I look at it, I get vivid hallucinations. <laughs> but nothing valuable. So they all, they all give up on it. But in that time, true gold... Can't gold rush chasing fashion they end up damaging relations with like most of the other races who were in the in the wild space that sounds a lot like the actual gold rush yeah yeah so there's so like just looking at the uh the sun star system realm space we have like aquatic elves basically on the uh planet capri there's human and dwarf dwarven and orc descendants on a on a planet so that's like basically is that from the last time people went to space yeah so like one of the really really early times that people went to space yeah like before we invented it for real exactly. these people managed to do it also there's there's yeah so there's just like when there. the vikings make it made it to newfoundland it's yeah. like yeah it doesn't count because <laughs> they didn't kill everyone there's the uh illithid who we knew are from oh yeah the edge of the universe the edge of the known universe basically yeah as far as we know they were well, all- the, mi- the mind flayers also have their own special deal going on what with their ridiculous power ridiculously powerful magic and shit yeah like psionic magic which is not really magic it's 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 its own brand so like an anti-magic shell doesn't fuck up an illithid oh really no he can he can still cast magic inside an anti-magic spell because he's not it's not magic he's using psionics so are they immune to silence and like it's equivalent yeah that's that's what anti-magic shell it's basically like an aoe silence or whatever and they're immune to that sort of stuff so yeah they they occupied glyph which is another uh another planet in realm space for about 100 years cool that's not that long no, they. It was a stepping stone for them before they they got to because they got there and they eat brains and they need to eat brains and I guess they got there and they had like slaves like gith slaves. Uh, which, yeah, I remember the gith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and the githraki or whatever. Gith Yankee and gith the Yankee. and the gith Zerai. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, who I think I said I would do an episode on someday, but it's not going to be today. They are mentioned in the tall goblin pirates who basically use spelljammer ships, but not spelljammer ships to travel through the uh, astral sea. Which is not space, but it's like space. All right. It's where the gods live. There's also uh, celestial dragons that li- that are from the astral sea, and they basically go through there like spelljammers. And our pirate, the Gith Yankee, are pirates, and the Githari are like the good guys. 
and uh, they travel through there and hunt illithids. Okay. From there. It's their staging point, I suppose. I do declare there's a few Geth Yankee coming up on my plantation. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Dab's brow. <laughs> <laughs> Dab's brow eats a chicken. Uh, a chicken brain, I guess. They would, they would only be yeah. interested in the brain of the chicken. Really. That's why they fried the rest. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that that's how KFC happened. It was I do just the brain. They're like, what do I do with the rest of this like, chicken? I <laughs> do declare, I am feeling mighty wasteful, disposing of an entire chicken body after consuming its neurons. Gith boy, take this to take this to the fryer. Don't don't get into oil. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't understand what's going on, if you go back to our episode about the Illithids, mm-hmm. uh, we because they love slavery, we made fun of Colonel Sanders. Exactly. Yeah. Which tied back into Kentucky Fried Chicken. Obviously. That's what Colonel Sanders was known for. Yeah. <laughs> so with the Faram invasions of Netheril... Do you think you... he was the first living meme? Colonel Sanders? Yeah. No. Or he became... Do you, is he a real colonel? I don't know. We, I, we haven't done an episode on KFC. <gasps> oh, my God. If we need to do, in a pinch, a dumb joke episode, just like our JFK episode, motherfuckers, guys. Okay. KFC? Hear me now. Hark, hark ye to the you, lower you voice. You do declare? I do declare. <laughs> I will do an entire episode an about entire Colonel Sanders. An entire bullshit episode on Colonel Sanders. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm about it. I'm all about it. I know you're about it. You're all about the improv. <laughs> Uh, old man Jamie might not be too happy, but like we'll get him. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get him a little. We'll, couple we'll of sign ruse. the contract while he's still in Poland. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shouldn't have left the country, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> lore boys is just about Colonel Sanders, the Burger King. It's yeah. just restaurant lore now because they it. all have mascots. Yeah. Uh, Back the, to D and D. The Wendy's me. girl and the time she had a kid with Ronald McDonald. Uh, mm, did that happen? Lore boys canon. All right. Good. So, with the Faerim invasions of Netheril, the Faerim was what sparked the uh, Karsus' folly. They were fighting against these extra-dimensional beings. Yeah. Uh, which are basically like tubes with like a, a circle for a mouth filled with teeth. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. It being, being widely uh, disregarded in the realm space community, and the elves of the elven Imperial Navy constantly harrying Netherese ships. Eventually, the human incursions into space were deemed too costly to continue barring a few private enterprises and, you know, independent spell jammers. Yeah, whatever. So Elon, like if e- Elon Musk and his, with the f- whatever, fucking spell jammer X. Spell jammer X, yeah. <laughs> Wild SpaceX. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... That's the episode title. You've got it. That's it. It's so, right there. So the reason, the reason that this is in the canon is kind of like, if you want to set your spell jammer campaign after this point, you totally can. It gets to a point where, like, there's the spell plague, which we talked about on one episode. I don't remember which episode. Spell, refresh my memory, because I could... Um, for me, my problem is I always tie the episodes back to the art, because I remember yeah. the jokes, because I have to draw the jokes. The spell plague was the goddess of magic, Mistra, got assassinated by another one of the gods, and for a, a good while... So, like, when Karsis took over the god of magic, it was a split second... That he broke all magic and the god of magic was able to take back control from him, but right. even in that split second, millions died. The spell plague was the god the goddess of magic was assassinated by another god. And, Who killed her? Um, I don't have it in my notes right now. Uh, we have talked about it before. 
It, it, it was. A, I'm trying to remember. There's like a whole story. This to would it. have to be in the first D and D episode we did, like episode. Yeah, 19, I think like it was episode 19. I think it was the first one because the first one I broke into like just multiple stories. Yeah. From Dungeons and Dragons. Well, you did. You did like a bunch of setup prehistory so as to build more podcasts upon them. I did. It was a foundational episode. That's it. That that first episode was uh, creation myth. It was Carcass's folly. It was probably spell plague, uh, briefly, and maybe a few other things. So like before before the spell plague there was like one or uh, a dual human nation so like one continent which still had active spell jamming uh, fleets uh the caratour up to, up to the events of the spell plague after the spell plague because i assume the ships couldn't fly during the spell plague because oh all if it, magic, it, it, was if broken. magic didn't work you can't get yeah the the goddess okay. of magic got assassinated magic didn't work during the time so well that would make a lot of sense so post spell plague, uh, the only creatures confirmed to ha- still have spell spell jammers would be a few mind flayers with their Nautilus class ships. Not Although, the dwarves because they channel it from their gods. No, they just gave up on it as as much as everybody else did. So like the elves had them leading up to <laughs> what had a couple leading up to it too because they they all deemed like there's nothing worth it out there. Okay, more worth it out there than than down here. Everyone's just focused on home, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there was an invasion of uh, a, de- a demon army called the Army of Darkness, very originally. Uh, Pretty from, good. I from, like that. From space, or not from space, but from the, the hells, and the elves actually fought a space battle uh, during that time, uh, which is not Spelljammer canon, but the, the Army of Darkness canon, the campaign, or adventure path, was did have canonically a space battle where the elves, you know, part of their fleet was wiped out by uh, the space demons. That's cool. Yeah, and their one of their their biggest city at the time got ransacked by the demons. Fucking doom all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so after discovering this amazing universe universe full of powerful forces, the humans of Toro basically deem all spell jamming to be too costly for the return on investment. Uh, everyone kind of gives up on it and says like, ah, we'll just go back to uh, swords and wizards on Earth. Thank you know you what we hate? <laughs> Spice. Exactly. Yeah. No one will ever want it. Not not too much. Not in my lifetime. I found this whole planet full of spice and giant worms. <laughs> Let's bring it back, guys. And like, weird blue-eyed people. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. I like my my corn with no pepper. Um, what? Some people eat pepper on their corn. Some people don't eat pepper on their corn. That's odd. I put margarine on my corn. Just? Yeah. Wow. Very boring. Corn and margarine, man. That's the whitest thing. <laughs> Yo, the, the fucking peppers. Ooh, mm, mm. Ooh, <laughs> this corn is too spicy. This corn is too spicy for my little baby mouth. Yeah. Oh. Um. So that's pretty much what I have written down. Although I do have a half sentence written, so I feel like get through it. No, I am saying I'm. I have a half, like a half sentence written. Oh. Like what? Google lost half a sentence on me. What's it say? Even they had lost the. Uh. And we'll never know. Lore boy's out. <laughs> uh, oh no, I know what it is. So it's right after the uh, the Illithid point. So the mind flayers do have a couple ships left, but they had lost the technology to make more ships, even though they have the ships. Oh, okay. They don't have any uh, backwards engineers. They can, I was gonna say they can't reverse engineer their own <laughs> no. ships. Nope. It's like, what is it made out of? It, I don't know. It it's it's, it's made of tree meat. I just don't understand it. It's like <laughs> the men of the earth call it wood. No, damn it, that's insane. <laughs> Uh, they're like <laughs> they're a society of people did i just coin the term tree meat tree meat nah maybe uh, maybe um they're literally a people ruled by a giant brain and they can't, i know full they of, can't it, figure it, it out it's, it's, it sits in like a slime vat yeah. full of dead but mind flayers 
de- uh, baby mind flayers and uh, brains that they threw in there for right. to eat. Right. So right. brains and then the baby mind flayers and and old dead mind flayers too. You're yeah. right. I remember uh, that episode. Yeah, so they throw the bodies in there and say like, "Oh, you'll be absorbed into the elder brain when you're when you're gone. You'll have consciousness." And the elder brains just tell them that, but it's not true. Yeah, the elder brains are just elder brains themselves. They're just liars. Basically, yeah. they just want people to keep feeding them, and they don't have the ability to feed themselves because they got to live in a pool. Hey, pretty good. <laughs> not a bad deal. <laughs> so that's uh, if I could use my psychic energies to tre- trick people into doing work for me, I yeah. would. But <laughs> so that's my our- problem is I have no psychic energy. What? I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to keep cutting you off. What happened to your psychic energy, Peter? I never had it in the first place. What? I am but a man. What have you been doing your whole life? I'm but a man. Uh, how do you how do you read people's minds while they're having sexual fantasies about you? Can't say I've done that. Whoa, dude. Am I missing out? You live a crazy life. That's what I got to say. I'm, miss, I'm missing out on a lot of lost flexibility potentials. Cause I mean, you're, you're missing out on some good stuff, and you're missing out on some bad stuff. Some weird so. stuff. Kinda, I, I, think, e- I think you break even, honestly. I, I can't even touch my toes. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's our, our fourth D&D, or three and a half, th- third. If four, you, yeah, three fourth, and I don't know, yeah. 4.5, are we on now? I have no idea. I don't know 4.5 was an update. I don't know how arithmetic yeah. works. Um, yeah, that's our fourth episode of... of Dungeons and Dragons. Lore. I like it. I like that it had a lot of Spelljammer. ties. It f- it feels like a true sequel to some of the other episodes that we've done because D and D, at least the the D and D episodes you've chosen to do, I find tie back tie into themselves very nicely. Yeah, I, I the whole world is just so robust. Like the whole universe of Dungeons and Dragons, is so robust and filled out at this point, it's really easy to link things back because there's almost always a tie somewhere. You know. Uh, it's older than we are, thankfully. Yeah, the older more pins, and wiser. The more pins tied to yarn you put on the board, the more likely two are to cross. Right? Yeah, until, so. until it's just an entire cork board that looks like a knitting project because yeah, exactly. it's just all yarn. <laughs> until you you've knit like a giant dick butt mural. Yeah. Basically. Oh God, please. <laughs> God, please. <laughs> Somebody who has ten thousand hours to uh, knit us a sixteen foot tall dick butt mural. Please do it. Well, that would tie into our Lowboys Prime coupon, so yeah. that's that's very fortunate. But it, first, it really ties into our brand too. Yeah, because we're dicks with butts. I've I've got a butt. I've got a butt too. No psychic abilities, but he's got a butt. I do. Uh, so Peter, if you'd like to spank me on the internet, I'm regretting that take. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, and spank me, Peter Sensei. Oh. But Ethan Kuhn, <laughs> you're so kawaii. I'm at Peter Donahue on Twitter, Old Aunt Peter on Instagram. I do the artwork, loreboys.com, the Loreboys podcast on Instagram. It is the loreboys.com, too. The loreboys.com. I'll buy that domain. You did? <laughs> no, I'll buy loreboys.com because you keep dropping. I know, it. I keep dropping. <laughs> Fuck. Yep, that's it. I'm Petey, I'm the cartoonist. Sure is. That's me. And uh, maybe Ethan and I will find something to stream together. That would be nice. Yeah, at some point, for sure. I got to go. I'm going to a concert tonight. I'm going to try and start streaming weekends. Maybe not, not next weekend because I'm going up war. I'm going to Massachusetts to yeah. go see another show. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain Jambo, when he gets back from Poland, will pick up streaming duties again. All things considered. Yeah, probably. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's always been reliable. He's just been away on business and for... He's got all the time in the world. Um, yeah, I'm Ethan Palmer. Uh, you can find me at Ethan the Dead Man. Like Pete said, we're uh, theloreboys.com. If you like the show, tell your friends. Helps us out. Word of mouth. 
Also, I've, I did want to thank everybody who's left a review thus far. We don't have too many written reviews, but we are up to something like 15, 16 reviews total on uh, iTunes. Yeah. Uh, all five stars, except for one one star. So we're at four and a half. I don't know who you are because you didn't leave a real review with no criticism. Therefore, Coward. it is meaningless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> spineless sack of shit. <laughs> um, yeah. It's probably Justin Trudeau. And we do have... Uh, Roasted. We do have at... Uh, J Milk, J A Y M I L L K. Yep, and then he is James Miller underscore T L B on Instagram. And James the Miller on Facebook. Yep. He's our, uh, uh, the third boy who's not here right now. He's been gone for a while, but. He's been um, gone for almost a month. Well, fuck. I, I we can't... are in his apartment recording right now. Uh, as usual. <laughs> yeah, it's like, listen, just because someone goes to Europe doesn't mean we need to break routine. <laughs> exactly. And weirdly enough, we had like two business trips stacked on top of each other, but mine luckily was only five days. Yeah, exactly. And then Ethan will be shipped somewhere on Earth at some point, presumably. At some point, presumably. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, for anyone who wants to help the show out uh, financially. Yep. Remember your coupon. Uh, we have a very special... Uh, deal with uh, our program Lore Boys Premium which we offer to paying members where we give them a special service in return for a a, a minuscule a yeah basically nothing so since since uh, researching this episode I've been doing a little bit of research into phlogiston the 18th century uh, purported combustible material or essence of combustion that exists in all things and I really think I've nailed it down it's, 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 the, it's the last humor you have yellow fluid the yellow humor <laughs> yeah. white humor blood uh, and, a black one to my knowledge yeah um and uh, and fire and rainbow rainbow fire yeah and rainbow fire the fifth humor uh so i think i've really got it nailed it nailed down uh it's uh, a pinch of kerosene you got about uh, a cup of of uh rocket fuel you got a uh, straight ether gas and uh the secret ingredient and we are we are making bottles of this stuff. It is highly combustible. Neapolitan ice cream will burn down your house. Will burn down your life if you need. Well, if you need, if you if you need a clean start, yeah, we've got uh, beer is, beer bottles emptied out and then uh, filled with this substance and with, and also rags uh, a rag dipped in for for convenience of use yeah. and for any everybody who signs up to Lord Boys Premium for the low low price of thirty seven ninety nine a month. We'll get one of these in the mail. Uh, we don't have any bubble wrap, so we're just shipping it as is. Yeah, uh, basically slapping a sticker and a stamp on it. Yeah. Uh, with your name, no return address, Not certainly not our names. We're not putting our names no, on no. that bad boy. I'm just going to choose to take, open a phone book. I'm just using a random ass loser from Cornwall, Ontario. <laughs> and that's the return address. <laughs> uh, yeah, so everybody wants to support the show financially and get a free bottle of Flodgeton with a rag tucked into it. Yeah. Uh, make sure to sign up for that. And I think that's it for us here at the Lore Boys Studios, and that constitutes a Lore Boys... Lore Boys insurance oh. fraud. <laughs> you ready to record? Uh, what? We're recording. Are you ready to record? We're recording what? We're recording the podcast. What? Right now we're doing we're doing the podcast. <laughs> oh god. Is this why you asked me to wear a wire? <laughs> yeah. We're doing it all on uh, a body tape. Okay. That's what you call those things, right? Yeah, we what we, the FBI has average Joe wear when he goes to see the mob. We uh, yeah, you need to wear a body tape. A body tape. <laughs> which if the Simpsons has taught me anything, it's to record over Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> because it is cheaper than blank tape. Exactly. Uh Hi everybody. Is that a, that's that's our intro? 
That might be our intro. Other, I, that's why I gave a pause between hi, everybody. I oh, figured okay, I could. Yeah. But now I, I feel like we're committed. <laughs> Ed- editor's note. Possible intro no one will ever hear. <laughs> I bought chewing tobacco in Missouri a couple you, weeks ago. Do you chew tobacco? No. Good. I don't even smoke. That's gross. Yeah. Uh, just, if you chew tobacco, you're not gross. I just uh, hate my front teeth. I don't want to kiss you, is no. what I'm saying. Not on the mouth. Not on the <laughs> On the feet, if you just wash them. Hey. Because that's hygienic. Because I'm a freak. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.